Next Level Backyards, even on a budget with HGTV's Deck Guy Paul LaFrance and Millennials in the Market. We'll have more on that and Todd Talbot of Love It or List It Vancouver. He'll join us too. John, what big five stories are we talking about right now on Vancouver Real Estate Today? Ian, is this Vancouver's craziest real estate deal yet? Uh, If you live in Metro Vancouver, you're probably used to hearing about these crazy stories by now. Uh, This one might take the cake. A pair of land parcels in downtown Vancouver on Nelson, valued at $16 million, that sold for $60 million. It's being dubbed an investor stampede that lasted a mere 7,200 seconds. Now, investigative reporter Ian Young uh, came out with this story. He's with the South China Morning Post. He broke this story this week. He says it starts back in 2013 when well-known Vancouver developers Bruno and Peter Wall bought the land on Nelson Street. They had plans to build a tower there. Uh, he says they paid $16 million, but last fall, a consortium of investors brought together by Suncom made them an offer. They just couldn't refuse. $60 million. Who would? Young says what Suncom is is a firm that basically pools rich Chinese immigrant investors' money to buy real estate in Vancouver. But why pay so much when the land's assessed at $16 million? Young says the answer came a month later when that same land was flipped to another Chinese investor for $68 million. BC Securities Commission is looking into the company along with an ex-realtor who set the whole deal up and bragged about it on Facebook. Young says both Suncom and the ex-realtor deny they did any crowdfunding. So a very interesting story to start us off this morning, Ian. Well done. Well, could East Vancouver's iconic Kingsgate Mall be sold off? The Vancouver School Board, which owns the land, is opening up talks about its future. It's worth nearly $80 million, and it pays about three-quarters of a million in rent to the VSB each year. But the lease, Kingsgate Mall, is up for renewal next year, and the board's asking the public what to do with it. VSB Chair Mike Lombardi says if it does sell, the cash must be held for capital projects like construction, meaning it could actually put them deeper in the hole. An Ernst & Young audit last year told the board to look into selling non-core lands. Lombardi says he hopes to have a report based on the consultations ready by the fall. The VSB is holding an open house on Kingsgate Future at the mall. That happens on May 1st. And this is a story that has people talking, especially this morning, on social media. They're the most populous age group right now in the city of Vancouver and pretty much on par with the boomers in the rest of Metro Vancouver. The chief economist at the BC Real Estate Association, Ian, says the numbers don't back up the idea that millennials are fleeing Metro Vancouver for cheaper climates. Cameron Muir says a look at the data shows the number of millennials are growing in the region, not declining. He says the number of young people's aged 20 to 34 years old who bought homes is also on the rise. The real challenge in, in the housing market is the entry point to get into the housing market. So when I look at housing markets, I want to look at the you know the bottom 30% of homes available for sale. Are they uh, affordable for first-time buyers? And that's the key thing. And you know prices have gone up dramatically over the past year, and uh, younger households are finding it increasingly difficult to find the kind of housing that they want close to where they work. Muir says home ownership numbers are also counter to the popular narrative. Uh, over the last two census periods, uh, home ownership rates for younger age cohorts, so from 20 to up to uh, 40 years old, has really grown substantially uh, compared to what we've seen over the past few decades. And both uh, young people and older people have much higher ownership rates now uh, than they did decades ago. 
Muir, again, is the chief economist at the BC Real Estate Association, and he says that millennials actually gravitate to cities for the lifestyle rather than flee from them. Nice to hear some numbers backing up what we have been saying on this show for weeks now, that millennials are getting into the market. It is. It's it's refreshing. Uh, Ian, this is also a, a big story this uh, past week, a blockbuster real estate deal, Concord Pacific has bought the Molson Coors Brewery lands in Vancouver. It's worth $185 million. Now, the plan is to build a mixed-use residential neighborhood, condos, all the such, uh, you know, beautiful-type development. But right now, the property is actually zoned for industrial use only. Tom uh, Davidoff at UBC. Yeah, I mean, that land for uh, residential, mostly, uh, eventually some retail and commercial is, yeah. is terrific. And I think the city will upzone it, look for a contribution from the developer. Uh, the developer paid, obviously, a high price for the land. It looks to me at something like $26 bucks an acre. If they're allowed to build at some density uh, and the market stays as hot as it is, they'll come out very well. Uh, but, of course, they're taking a lot of risk because... Uh, the zoning process, as you know, in Vancouver is a very difficult one. In the meantime, the company says it will lease land back to Molson while a new brewery is being built. Um, industry moving out, Ian, and condos and new development moving in, I think that's a, a good story. Um, Won't happen without a fight, though. It, There's a lot of people who believe that industrial land is still part of the the mix inside the city. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think why not offer industrial land outside the city and, yeah. and offer some incentive to go there? Uh, that, that would be my opinion. Ian, the head of the real estate brokerage uh, being probed after allegations of misconduct stepped down pending uh, dueling investigations by both the Real Estate Council of BC and the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. New Coast Realty, they're at the center of this whole uh, property flipping scenario. And uh, they released a statement saying their uh, owner, Z Yu will not have any role in the operations until the probes are finished. Uh, this all stems from an investigation revealed uh, that an audio tape was recorded with him allegedly instructing his sales teams on how to make a quick commission by talking clients into selling their homes for less money than they want. The company has denied any wrongdoing. And we have some time to talk about affordable homes. Ian, New Westminster is a step closer to adding more affordable housing units to its city. A conditional approval involves two city-owned sites, the first one at 43 Hastings Street that would see three family-friendly townhouse units and three apartments for adults with disabilities. The second site at 630 Ewing Avenue would have five two-bedroom units. The two new Westminster non-for-profits will be taking the lead on those projects, and construction could start as early as the summer of 2017. And lastly, I'll leave you with this. Uh, an idea, uh, San Juan Community Home Trust, a non-for-profit, a small non-for-profit, is addressing a critical housing shortage in a very interesting way. The group is moving old, unwanted Victoria homes in Oak Bay by barge across to the San Juan Islands in Washington State. Now, that's where there's a shortage of affordable housing that has left many struggling to make ends meet. It does sound familiar, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the homes are going. The area resale home price is just under half a million there, which is like $200,000 more than the state average. Uh, the project uses a combination of donated land and government and local funding. Uh, that's uh, driving the price down under $200,000. So rel- uh, relocating homes is becoming increasingly popular in BC as the costs of uh, demolition continue to go up. Best idea I've heard all day. It's a great idea, and I wish we would spend more time thinking about that. Why plug up the landfill when you can reuse these homes for a much better purpose? It's a great idea. 
great news. You must have been working hard on that. Uh, yeah. What time did you get up this morning? Uh, I was here at 2 o'clock this morning. Well, well done. Thanks, John. In a moment, we're going to start planning the, the backyard, the deck, and the entire yard. Paula France from HGTV is next on Vancouver Real Estate Today. News Talk 980 CKNW. Paul LaFrance, most commonly known as the deck guy, both in reality TV megacosm as well as in the average North American home, is also a musician, the CEO and founder of the international design company Paul LaFrance Design, and the father of four daughters. Paul is the host of HDTV's Decked Out, Disaster Decks and Deck Wars, one of the judges on Canada's Handyman Challenge. You've probably seen him lately on Home to Win. He joined us recently by phone to talk deck talk as we enjoy spring and get ready for summer. Most notably, when it comes to planning and designing a deck, or rather a whole backyard, best to take a global view of it. When I show people how powerful it is to actually create something out in the yard, that draws your eye from inside the house. You know, like you know, most people's backyards are attached to their kitchen, which is like Grand Central Station. In my house with four daughters, the kitchen is like, you know, it's, it's Grand Central Explosion. I mean, it's crazy. So to be able to actually have something in the backyard space that is out in the yard that creates a destination, even in a, in a tiny backyard, that says, hey, come out here, that's within your eye line, that's drawing you out from a creative perspective, that says um, that actually gives you the ability to say combat your computer. That's saying you have 27 emails that you have to answer right now, or you're going to spontaneously combust. <laughs> that's kind of what our culture tells us. So it's very important from a design perspective for me to create something out in the yard that you can see visually from inside the house that draws you in. You know, not like a mosquito to a light, so you can get zapped, but you know, so you can go and relax. Sure. Uh, what do you say, Paul, uh, to a family or to a homeowner that? Let's say they they have a smaller or a very limited budget. Do you, do you work with these kinds of peoples? And, and what advice, if you do, would you give them to improve their outdoor space without having to, you know, take out a huge loan or or go deep into their line of credit? Fantastic question. It, it is. Most people will think, and that's probably one of the, the stigmas I have to fight a lot of the times, is that you know, Paul Lafrance is a celebrity and he's the deck guy, and so therefore I could never afford to have him. Uh, you know, do anything for me. And it's like, no, 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 no. I have intentionally, again, alternative thinking. I have intentionally made my my company, but like Sapala France Design, from an interior and exterior perspective, will work with anybody and work within people's budgets. Everybody has a budget. Not everyone is sitting there going, hey, well, I have $100,000 I want to throw around. It's like, no, <laughs> that's not normal for people. So when somebody has that tiny backyard space, like whether it's a small space, minimal budget, I tell them, I said, in my own backyard, I have a, a deck where I spend 90% of the time in a 10 by 10 space at the back of my property. That is, you know, it's very cool 10 by 10 space, but it's about quality of square footage, not quantity of square footage. Mm-hmm. And it is, a, it is a destination space. And I've got some cool fire features and an awning over top and some, and some water features. And, you know, it's a very nice spot, but it, if you took that alone and just and the rest of the deck got hit with a meteorite, I would still be spending ninety percent of my time in that one spot. It it, it, make, it helps people to understand that you, with a minimal budget, you can still. But the most important thing, the most important thing, is for people to, to understand when you are getting a design done and you're putting money into a design, it is so incredibly worth it. Even if you're going to build the deck yourself, having it designed so that. When you even go to build it yourself, let alone you know having a contractor build it, 
it is done by, you know, like I, you know, if you ask me to do your taxes, you're going to end up in prison very, very quickly. That's not my strength. You know, this is what I do really well. And I will pull, I will pull my designs out of people's stories to be able to create something that's personal for them. And, you know, that's, so, so even if you're building it yourself and I design it for you, you put the money into the design, I will end up saving you money in the long run by creating something for you that even, that even you can build. And it, then it gives you that wow factor. So there's a very, you know, Canadians, you know, we're, we're in Canada, you're born, you're supposed to know how to hunt moose, play hockey, and build a deck. I, I can't hunt. I've never built anything, and uh, I sure as you know what can't play hockey. So I guess I'll have to leave the backyard to somebody else. It's interesting. Paul France is a great guy, by the way. It's always fun having him on with us. But uh, he thinks so far out of the box, and I, the idea that he's presenting is look beyond just that immediate area when you open your door, your back door. So look at the entire space. This is where the money's going now, John. When it comes to renovation, people are spending the money in their backyard. They want to create that special place to extend their square footage of their house. And and why not? I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think if you're fortunate enough to have a backyard to begin with and to have space that you can utilize, why wouldn't you? It just makes sense, for one, for pleasure. Uh, nice to have a nice property. But two, it brings up your value. Um, it's easy to do, too. People think it's difficult. I I landscaped my entire yard. I used uh, things that didn't have to be replaced every year. Rubber mulch. I did things yep. that you want a maintenance-free backyard, unless you're a green thumb and you like to be out there <laughs> all the time. But uh, you're not a gardener, I take it. No, I'm not. But it, there's creative ways you can you can really make your property uh, take it to another level and really add value to your home. And they're simple and they're sometimes cheap. And again, if you're lucky enough to have that space, why would you not utilize it? It's just a, a no-brainer. And Paul. He has some really creative ideas. You can see them on his shows. Uh, some ideas, I think, wow, that's that's over the top. But he does what the uh, homeowners want, and and sometimes people, like you said, they want this magical oasis in their backyard. And, but he and, also and, says that you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You have to create a space that will meet your needs. Whether it's just, a, a, and I thought he put it really well, if it's just sitting down at a bench having a beer, if that's what makes your evening away from the world for for an hour Mm -hmm. then that's all you need and you don't have to go crazy on it Uh, there's the backyard is also a great place to uh, upcycle recycle to reuse to go to a secondhand store to go to a thrift market and buy items there and and if you have any kind of sense of plan uh, that's the trick John, you got a plan. You got to make sure that you have some kind of an idea where you go with it. Whether you complete it in one afternoon or you take an entire summer to do it, at least have a plan. Kind of think it out. Figure out what you want to do, how you spend your time in your yard. Because what you said is very true. It increases the value of your home. People are spending less money now renovating bathrooms and kitchens. I'm not saying they're not doing that, but they're spending the money on the outdoors because it's typical of people wanting to find that escape to enjoy their hard-earned money in an atmosphere where they can really just go, ah, maybe I can turn the phone off for a little. Ah, yeah, that feels good. Phone's away. Kids are tucked away. The dog is worn out. Kick, a, kick back a little bit. Enjoy a steak or whatever you like on the barbecue and a beer. And you're gone. It's that yeah, stay at home and vacation. You know what? You don't want to be that neighbor that has that property that everybody drives by and says, <laughs> oh, 
I wish he'd cut his grass. Yeah, right? I wish. I wish they get wouldn't that off pull, the front yard. Yeah, I, know, I, everybody I, has one of those neighbors. I've got a neighbor like that. Everybody. But he parks four or five cars on his front lawn and, he's, he's and a bus. Still thinks he lives in the country. Yeah, but you know he's immaculately clean. He's just oh, yeah. and all the vehicles are beautiful in that. It's just it doesn't look right yeah. to see his front lawn as a parking lot. Well, uh, Ian, I think there, there's a, a topic we should we should talk more about coming up on the program, and if we have time, hopefully take a call or two, and it's uh, concerning this report on millennials. Uh, a lot of reaction, especially on social media, our listeners uh, want to talk more about it, but, you know, there's some views, uh, a former Green Party candidate in uh, Vancouver, Mount Pleasant uh, uh, by-election, Peter Fry, had some uh, comments about this report uh, released this week by Cameron Muir. So we're, I think we should talk a bit more about that because uh, it's a story uh, that is making waves online this morning, and it's one that I find very interesting, being a millennial myself. Well, what is the issue? What is uh, Are people taking issue with his his, his numbers? or uh, Saying just the his... data is selective, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, that's that old saying, uh, the numbers don't lie, but the figures do. And I'm not saying that applies to this case, but... Anytime you're dealing with statistics, you want to, you want to, you know, what's the science behind it? Where did these numbers come from? Because numbers can be selective. In this case, I'm not sure because I haven't done any analysis. I haven't studied it because it just came out. haven't had that opportunity. But what we can do is uh, we'll be taking a break very soon, John. Uh, we've got Todd Talbot standing by. He's going to talk a little bit about getting into the market. So we're staying on theme with that. And when we come back from Todd, what we will do is we'll open up the line. So we're giving you plenty of warning. If you've got something to say with regard to that report or the subject in general, we'll welcome your input. And as always, you can call our buzz line. You can tweet at us at CKNW. Go on uh, Facebook. Uh, We welcome the feedback, John, anything uh, from anyone. Yeah, the good and the bad. The bricks and the bouquets. Yes. How about uh, our phone number is 604 Two eight zero nine eight nine eight and Amila, what's the buzz line? It's just escaping me off the top of my head. The buzz line, I'll get it. I'll tell you what, I'll get it in just a second, and I'll put that out there too. Because you know what, it's a great opportunity. If you can't stick around and make the phone call, what we can do is we can take your call on the buzz line and play it back later. So let's go to break now, and we'll come back with Todd Talbot on Vancouver Real Estate Today. This is News Talk nine eighty CKNW. And we're back on Vancouver Real Estate Today with our in-studio guest and a regular participant, Todd Talbot from Love It or List It, Vancouver. Saturday wouldn't be Saturday unless I'm sitting across from you, Ian. It's my favorite part of the day. Yeah, this is this one good-looking gentleman. I, You know, for anyone listening to the radio right now, listen to those dulcet tones. Hey, should I be in TV? Could, could I do the TV thing? Absolutely. Behind the camera, you'd be perfect. <laughs> you know... When I look back at your career and I think uh, you, you you were busy as a teenager, but it wasn't until your 20s that you actually got serious about it and went overseas. I went to theater school in England, and that's kind of what waylaid me into the world of live theater. I was My eyes opened up when I was living in London and, you know, with the West End, and it was just, it blew my mind and, and you know, got some, <laughs> I was going to say, got some good training over there in a, you know, classical sense, and... Um, you know, spent the next 15, 20 years treading the boards across the country. And, uh, you know, That's it is showbiz talk. It is. It's it's yeah, showbiz talk. Hey, tell me something, though. How do you because you, you're an improv, you're an actor, you, you're a host, you're an MC, you do all mm. of these things that I would put in the entertainment category. Why are you here talking about real estate? 
And I'm not being I'm not being you know glib when I say that you, you, because you have some expertise in that area. Well, I've been involved in the in the industry for about 15 years now. Um, a long time I didn't talk about it because as an actor, you you kind of want to you know make sure that that's front and center. Um, I'll blame my parents. It started off when I moved back to Vancouver, and I got my first gig. I was doing uh, a theater gig in, in in town, and they have this rule where if you're making money. After you've graduated from post-secondary school, if you're living at home, you're paying rent. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a great rule. So I started looking at places to rent. And at that time, when I was crunching the numbers, it looked to me that if I bought my first place and I bought a two-bedroom and rented out the other half to a buddy of mine, I could actually live cheaper than if I was actually renting from someone else. So I stumbled into it a little bit. But that's what got me started into the world of real estate, especially it was, you know, as an as a theater actor and a young theater actor, it wasn't expected that that was some a choice that you would make. I was given a book by my brother about uh, refinancing and I read this book and I and I thought, you know, this seems it just clicked in my mind. And so I started to refinance that property, buy other properties. I tried a whole bunch of different things, pre-sales, flipping properties, um, you know, moved into detached homes, duplex, started renovating, you know, so it just kind of grew over time. And my passion for it grew and grew and grew. And, you know, it was something that I didn't really have a plan about. I was working full time as an actor, but in theater, you've got your days free. And so, um, you know, people would start buying me coffees and beers and saying, picking my brain. And, you know, one thing led to another. We started a few real estate companies and and now I'm sitting across from you and doing a TV show uh, that, you know, is focused around real estate. Which this is, is the which pinnacle is awesome. of your career right here, is it, is uh, it not? Talking with you, absolutely. <laughs> Why do you think I get up on Saturday mornings? <laughs> it drives me through the week, Ian. Look, at, if somebody's listening right now yep. and they want to get into the market, and we talk a, a lot about first-time buyers. Is, is there, My favorite topic. Is there some simple way to do it? Because it seems so overwhelming yes. for a first-timer. So either rob a bank or kill your parents, <laughs> oh, no. one or the other. <laughs> Todd Talbot at. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a great soundbite. Uh, Todd encourages people to knock their parents off. <laughs> um, let's be honest. As a first-time buyer, it's not only daunting because of the process. You don't necessarily understand it. You don't understand the nuances. Anytime you do something for the first time, it's scary. Sure. I remember buying my first place 15 years ago. I thought the market was at its peak. It, as crazy as that sounds now in hindsight, yeah. my first mortgage was 7.24%. Yeah. I thought I'd had the best mortgage ever yeah. and that I'd hit the peak. Yeah. So I was totally wrong. <laughs> um, you know, I was lured by a lot of things that I think um, marketers do to get people in. We've talked about staging. I bought the display suite in a brand new condo. Oh, So, you know, there's a lot of things that I've learned over time. And uh, so it's daunting in terms of the process for a first-time buyer. But more importantly, in this market, it's daunting from a financial perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, I was talking to the lighting guy on our set the other day who's looking at buying his first property. So we're taking him out. We're, we're starting that process. And so the first thing that people are juggling is location versus budget. Right. And it always boils back down to this. On our show, we talk about it all the time. Okay, you can move a little further out or you can go over budget. That's basically our formula. <laughs> so... Um, my personal philosophy about this is that a first time purchase needs to be thought of as 
an investment. First and foremost, okay. it needs to fit your fit your needs right now. Sure, but you need to look at it long term. This is an investment. It is not your dream home. Get rid of those thoughts. Manage your expectations. You're not at the buffet. You know, right. you're, you're you're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and you want to make a good one. Mm-hmm. So I like to suggest that we focus on location first and foremost. And if that means sacrificing some of the things that you think are really important to you right now, like 10-foot ceilings or I want a loft or whatever it is, in-suite laundry. I mean, mean, make some some of those sacrifices with your first purchase in order to get into a location that is going to have the best capital appreciation. Chances are you're buying a stratified property, might be a condo or a townhouse. Very few people are launching into a detached house as their first property, especially in greater Vancouver. Right. So those places are going to, you're not going to be able to add a ton of value through renovating. Most of the appreciation of that property is going to be based on the market. Location. So yeah. focus on that. Managing your expectations is critical, I think. And this is something that, because the market is so wacky and so out of control right now, is very difficult to do. And especially if you're a first timer and you don't really know the rules of the road, it, it can become, as we said, a little overwhelming. Totally. And you, and then you couple all that with the and I I keep referring back to emotions because I think emotions are huge when it comes to to your home, so you want this place you you, you know you fall in love and you you see yourself there. Do you have any ideas on on how to manage those <laughs> expectations in a realistic way? You, it's like dating. You need to have your heart broken a few times, nah. and you need to be prepared for that. And I think going in with the idea that you're going to lose a few times is great. Mm. You need to go through that process. And the, the biggest thing that I tell people right now is that take your time. You know, don't – it's very easy to get caught up in the frenzy of this market, and even when the market's not hot, that you feel like it's got to be rushed. Yeah, you feel pushed along. Put yourself in a position where you're not rushed. Make sure you're either renting a place or you're living at home or wherever it is Mm -hmm. that you're not pressurized to leave that place and buy a place and move in. You've got lots of time. Go slowly. Ask a ton of questions. Make sure that you're working with someone who's passionate about first-time buyers. Right. Because it's a really interesting process. You know, I I still do workshops for first-time buyers, and I think I always come out so jacked after that conversation because – you know, it's it's one of the ways that we can take care of our financial future is to lay the groundwork. But you got to make sure that that first step is a smart one and it's a wise one and you've bought correctly. That's Todd Talbot from Love It or List It Vancouver, which is on the air on W Network at, with your co-host Jillian Harris, 10 o'clock Monday nights. That's right. And... I say thank you once again. for This has been so much fun. Thank you for being with us. Ian, it's a pleasure. You make a good cup of coffee. We'll be back in a moment on Vancouver Real Estate Today from News Talk 980 CKNW. want to turn it to you if you've got some thoughts on what we've been talking about today or at any time on Vancouver Real Estate Today. You can tweet at us, CKNW. You can also call us live on air, 604-280-9898, star 9898. If you're mobile, we can take your call right now for the next couple of minutes. Or on our buzz line, 604-331-2899. The buzz line is 604-331-BUZZ. And we can uh, play back your audio a little bit later. John, 
uh, we've, we're getting a lot of pushback, and uh, I think this is a good thing because this is a story that I think is uh, it's due, that we need to have this chat. Uh, numbers that have come out, and what are they and what do they mean? Yeah, off the top, we talked about uh, new numbers concerning millennials, like myself. They're the most populous age group right now in the city of Vancouver and pretty much on par with the boomers in the rest of Metro Vancouver. Yeah, the chief economist of the BC Real Estate Association saying the numbers don't back up the idea that millennials are fleeing Metro Vancouver for cheaper climates. Cameron Muir says a look at the data shows the number of millennials are growing in the region, not declining. Muir says the number of young people's age 20 to 34 who bought homes is also on the rise. The real challenge in, in the housing market is the entry point to get into the housing market. So when I look at housing markets, I want to look at the you know the bottom 30% of homes available for sale. Are they uh, affordable for first-time buyers? And that's the key thing. And you know prices have gone up dramatically over the past year, and uh, younger households are finding it increasingly difficult to find the kind of housing that they want close to where they work. Now, Mura says, Ian, that home ownership numbers are also counter to the popular a popular narrative. Uh, over the last two census periods, uh, home ownership rates for younger age cohorts, so from 20 to up to uh, 40 years old, has really grown substantially uh, compared to what we've seen over the past few decades. And both uh, young people and older people have much higher ownership rates now uh, than they did decades ago. So we're getting lots of reaction to this. Uh, Muir says millennials actually gravitate to cities for the lifestyle rather than flee from them. Uh, online, uh, that, that was a story that ignited a uh, firestorm, of, firestorm of sorts. And um, it's a good talker. Uh, we love stories like this. It gets people talking. It gets people calling and, and wanting to interact. And, and on social media, lots of people uh, questioning Cam Muir saying, uh, we should dig a little deeper, and uh, he should be scrutinized for his dubious track record. Uh, you know, I have a hard time uh, reiterating some of these without uh, facts and without a face to a name. So if you if you want to comment on it, now would be your chance. We'll bring it. And, uh, you know, we can have this discussion. It's, it's, it is a good topic, and, you know, I, I'm that age group. I'm what this story is about, and, and I found it very interesting. And, uh, Ian, I know uh, we've talked about this before on Vancouver Real Estate Today, and, and we'll open up the phone lines and let other people chat with us sure. as well. Our number is 604-280-9898, star 9898, mobile. Are you in a – what is your situation now? Are you, uh, do you own a home? Are you a renter? Where are you at? Before I moved here from Ontario, I was uh, owner of properties there and, and sold everything I had in Ontario when we moved out here. Currently renting, looking at buying. Uh, we're looking in the city. We're not looking outside of the city. Um, now, you know, I'm not going to state my financial situation on this show, but uh, I'm a millennial. I'm about to get married actually this week in Mexico. And when I come back... Is it legal to get married? In- no, no, we're doing it here before we oh, leave. Okay. But uh, when we come back, we're going to be uh, looking at areas to purchase, and, and hopefully we have enough down and all of that stuff. But Let me put uh, you on the spot here, John. Are you planning a family? or I mean, I know it's personal, so do you, do you think you at know, one point... I, I'm not. Olivia is. You, yes. you have a dog, so you need. are you thinking <laughs> maybe... dog first, baby second, right? Yard space? Well, that dog is usually just no, a delay you know, te- technique, by the way. <laughs> we can get by with a... Uh, <laughs> no bitterness on my part, by the way. <laughs> we can get by with a condo that has... You know, we sold our properties back in Ontario to, to downsize. We wanted to live a, a lifestyle that's outside and outdoors. That's why we moved here. Right. We didn't move here because we wanted to make it rich. And, and you know, so, so we moved here for the lifestyle. And, and when we purchase a property, it'll probably be, my guess would be a condo somewhere either in Vancouver on the North Shore or somewhere very uh, near to the city. 
and it'll probably be a one bedroom with a den, and that'll be sufficient for us. And, and you're managing and, your and, your expectations. Yeah, and if we have a kid or more than one kid, of course, then that changes things. But uh, as the situation is right now, for myself, a millennial, uh, that's our situation. And for for other young people, age twenty to thirty four, uh, the chief economist of the BC Real Estate Association saying the numbers don't really back up this idea that we're fleeing Metro Vancouver. Uh, for cheaper climates, and again, uh, people disagreeing, and, and you know, really saying that uh, it's not just millennials, though. And what I'm seeing is I'm th- I'm seeing a lot of people that are established in their home ownership that are actually moving because they want to take that equity and they want to make use of it while they're alive, or perhaps that's going to be their retirement. Mm-hmm. And in order to meet that, they're they're prepared to move. The story came out was it this morning or this week? How many people are moving from Vancouver to Victoria or to other parts of Vancouver Island to the interior? So it's not just the millennials. I think it's, uh, you said it well off the top in that this is what the talk of the town is. It's not necessarily where the facts lie. Mm -hmm. So let's take a break with that, John, and we'll come back. We can take calls. We'll check our buzz line. It's uh, 604-331-2899, 604-331-BUZZ if you want to leave a message. And we'll be back on Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. John, we're getting some interesting feedback today, and that's always appreciated. An email that uh, Linda wrote, given the current market, is this a good or bad time to be purchasing an apartment or townhouse as a rental property? I find I'm competing with first-time buyers who are very motivated to get into the market and willing to offer crazy dollars over asking. Some background. Single mom, own a home in Maple Ridge, I will keep my home. I'm looking in the Tri-Cities, Pitt Meadows, or Maple Ridge area. I'd appreciate your opinion. Hmm. I would say if if it's possible, why not buy something a little bit cheaper in a good location with a sound structure and something that needs updating. Go that way and then try to sell to a first-time buyer. I think the areas that she's looking in are definitely good areas for investment. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You got one. Yeah, we, uh, you know, Cher Gallagher tweeted me that uh, I'm a millennial and moved to Vancouver in 2009. I moved to Langley in 2014, looking to move back, but it's impossible. And these are just some of the stories that we're uh, seeing on social media after uh, uh, the story we had on millennials today, Ian. You know what it is? You have to have 5% down payment. And that's where a lot of millennials are struggling, particularly if they've been at school, they've got school debt, Mm -hmm. and that's... That's one that'll that'll hold a lot of people back if they have a car loan, for example, or any kind of credit card debt. So first things first is that you have to have that five percent. You got to work for it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not I'm not here waving my finger at anybody, but that's the facts. If you don't have the down payment, you're not going to get into the market. So that's number one. You got to do that, and that's why you hear everybody saying, "Well, I went to the I went to the bank of mom and dad," because quite often mom and dad is quite willing to either impart with their money or loan it to their kids because they know the importance it will have in their lives to own a piece of property. So it can be done. We talk about expectations. Are you willing to give up something, including your debt, in order to amass enough money to have a down payment? Granted, that down payment, even at 5%, is growing almost on a daily basis, and particularly in this market. But it's not every corner of the market. You can go to New Westminster. You can go to Mount Pleasant. You can go to parts of Surrey, to Langley. Why not? Mm Mm-hmm. And you can you can find a good deal. You don't always need new. For for myself, I, I like new builds. I like pre construction. 
Uh, I like that idea of, of how to make money that way. Um, it's not always the easiest route either is, or either is um, redoing an older unity. And, and, and you had mentioned to me the first time I said I was looking at a place here in Vancouver, you said, why not go older? Why not uh, get a, you know, a place built in 2007 that uh, needs just some updating? And I think for millennials, it's all about our expectations. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us feel privileged and feel that we should have this. We see what our friends have, what our, our, our brothers and sisters have. But it really should be about your priorities in life, what you can afford. Don't go over your head. And if you can't afford downtown Vancouver, there's nothing wrong with getting a place and taking a sky train into town. Spoken by a man who's about to get married. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I got in trouble for saying kids. It's supposed to be children. Uh, thank you for that, John. Uh, you're right. And it's not just millennials that feel entitled these days, too. It's just work hard and, and, and manage your expectations and appreciate that. Thank you for your help today, John Myers. Emil uh, Bamji is our technical producer. My name is Ian Power. Stay with us. Coming up next, CKNW Weekend. This is Vancouver Real Estate Today from News Talk 980 CKNW.